I want to take a second to remind you to sign up for the Poso Daily Brief. It is completely free. It'll be one email that's sent to you every day. You can stop the endless scrolling trying to find out what's going on in your world. We will have this delivered directly to you totally for free. Go to humanevents.com slash Poso. Sign up today. It's called the Poso Daily Brief. Read what I read for show prep. You will not regret it. Humanevents.com slash Poso. Totally free. The Poso Daily Brief. What happens when the fourth turning meets fifth generation warfare? A commentator, international social media sensation, and former Navy intelligence veteran. This is Human Events with your host, Jack Posobiec. Deliver us from Here's evil. the irony. The only reason why the numbers are down now is because we asked Mexico to enforce their laws on their books while we continue to not enforce ours by stopping illegal crossings by people who have no right. We wondered how all of these migrants knew about this particular entryway into California. The answer was in their hands. Oh, you learned on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. It's the Department of Justice. They're not prosecuting crimes. I had to actually sue them back in 2016 to find out how many crimes they were prosecuting. And we have judges that are looking at criminals who are committing violent offenses and saying, now, now, you're not making smart decisions. He would have to admit that he was wrong for the last three years, that he put America in harm's way, that we now have migrants beating up cops and then flipping off the camera, he would have to admit he was wrong. And I believe that would hand the, the election directly to President Trump. Despite the strong jobs report, new polling from NBC News shows that just 36 percent of registered voters approve of how President Biden has been handling the economy. And when asked who they would trust more to handle the economy, 55 percent said Donald Trump compared to 33 percent who said Biden. How's Ron McDaniel doing? Uh, I think she did great when she ran Michigan for me. I think she did okay initially in the RNC. I would say right now uh, there'll probably be some changes made. With the general election just nine months away, President Biden has declined on every measure since 2020, is struggling with key elements of his base, and now trails former President Donald Trump by wide margins on the issues voters say are most important to them. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily Live from Washington, D.C. Today is February 5th, 2024. Anno Domini. Folks, we got a sellout going on right now. A uniparty sellout of the American nation. When are you going to wake up? When are you going to wake up? It's very clear. Elon Musk has been talking about this all throughout the weekend on X. He and I were going back and forth. It's very obvious what the Democrats are trying to do here. They know because they can see the polls. They can see their own polls on NBC. And you saw Crispin Welker freaking out over there saying, wait, Trump is winning on the border. He's winning on the economy. He's winning on trade. He's winning on violence. He's winning on everything. What are we going to do? How are we going to do this? Well, it's very simple. And Elon has, has pointed out what's happening. They are importing voters. They're importing voters into the United States before the elections. And it's very clear. Okay, step, step one, you import them across the border. You let them invade, right? It's not an invasion when you're let in. That's the problem. 
It's not an invasion when you're let in because they're letting them do it. These people are traitors to the American nation because there is an invasion going on and they're on the side of it. Do you understand? They've opened our borders. They've given up our sovereignty. They want to demographically change the makeup of this country so that Democrats have a permanent majority in the elections. And they don't care what the consequences are. They don't care what happens to our country. Look what they did to California. You could see what they did to California. Completely changed the entire state. Next, they're going to come to Texas. They're already working on Arizona. They're already working on New Mexico, Colorado. They are going to go through until there is a, until there is a permanent Democrat majority. Ben Burkwam's up in Cincinnati, Ohio. He says, wait a minute. There's migrants from Senegal that are ending up in Cincinnati, Ohio, America's heartland. How do you think Ilhan Omar ended up in Minnesota? Okay, understand, this is a policy that's been going back to the Obama administration. They're taking migrants, particularly refugees, quote unquote refugees, and putting them in America's heartland. They're saying, oh, we've got plenty of space. You see these, these like neoliberals on Twitter and X all the time. They talk about this. They say, look at all this empty space. We can fill it with migrants from Africa. We can fill it with migrants from the third world. We can fill it from migrants wherever we want. We don't have to worry about winning elections. We don't have to worry about winning polls. We can just import our voters. And then you come up with some amnesty deal. You come up with some bill to say, oh, well, you know, they can vote or, you know, a pathway to voting or are there kids? You know, the kids can definitely vote because we've got birthright citizenship. And while we have birthright citizenship on the books in this country, that means our country is being raped before our very eyes. And we have a uniparty in Washington, D.C. that is watching and laughing just like MLK on those FBI tapes as our nation is being watched and raped. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the best ways that you can support us here at Human Events and the work that we do is subscribing to us on our Rumble channel. Make sure you're subscribed, you hit the notifications so you'll never miss a clip, you'll never miss a new live episode and we're putting them out every single day of the week. Good, I rolled with bloods and then boys had a saying. You can't be listening to all that slappy whack, trim out his eyelids, a bam ship, nippy bam bam, like human events with Jack Posobiec. All right, Jack Posobiec back live, Human Events Daily, Washington, D.C. I want to tell you guys about today's episode sponsor, Allegiance Gold. If you are part of the Human Events Daily audience, you're aware of the disaster that the Biden regime has made of the American retirement system. Overspending and overprinting of money are the two main reasons American retirement accounts have lost 25% over the past three years. What does that mean? You're going to have to work a decade longer to come out of retirement just to recoup your losses. Thanks to Allegiance Gold, there's a way to stop the bleeding. Gold is a hedge against inflation, and it runs counter to the effects of Bidenomics. In less than two months, gold has risen to 14%. Believe me, I know the power of gold and what it can do for your family's future. Whether you prefer physical gold and silver or simply want to protect your IRA or 401k, I highly recommend the specialists at Allegiance Gold, who have the highest trust rating in the precious metals industry. You won't be disappointed. I know them. I've spent time with Mark and Michael. Their relationships are based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. So how do you get in? You go to protectwithposo.com today and download my free wealth protection guide. It'll tell you everything you need to know about gold and the strategies you need 
to use to protect your hard-earned wealth. Or you can call 844-577-POSO. Protect your retirement with Allegiance Gold and get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase. Call them today and begin your stress-free journey towards financial freedom. That's protectwithposo.com, protectwithposo.com, or call 844-577-POSO. Mike Benz from the Foundation for Freedom Online joins us now. Benz, you know, I got to tell you, you know, before before we get into the bill, it's just been it's kind of amazing with this this whole weekend uh, dust up. You know, we you and I were sort of talking about the uh, the Taylor Swift thing last week and it blows up where we're mentioned on Saturday Night Live. We're there. There's a joke at the Grammys about us with Trevor Noah. But then the Washington Post comes out and kind of admits that the whole thing is true. They say that there's high-level Democrats meeting in Washington, D.C., discussing how to draft uh, Taylor Swift for the 2024 election and deploy her. And they've specifically chosen Democrat staffers that are, are fans of Taylor Swifties themselves. Then you've got people in the White House giving Joe Biden, President of the United States, White House briefings on Taylor Swift. Again, this is the Washington Post. It's not Ben Zimposo saying it. And and thirdly, uh, it says that no less, I, kid you not, I can't even get this out straight, the FBI and the State Department have been releasing official communiques with coded references to Taylor Swift songs in them. <laughs> And yet you and I, you and I are wearing tinfoil for noticing all of this. What's going on here, man? Yeah, well, you know, the, the, the joke I made when I saw that you had posted some of this news um, was uh, that, that, you know, they're mad that we're repeating their own words back to them loudly. I mean, that's all this really is. You know, and one of the funny things about that Washington Post uh, piece was that it also detailed that that getting Taylor Swift's endorsement was now tricky because of how politicized <laughs> it had become and uh, all of the heat around Because some issue. people came in and added a bunch of heat to the issue and polarized it before it was supposed to be. I mean, I can't imagine how OODA loops work or how any of that goes. I mean, you'd have to know someone who was trained, I don't know, maybe in intelligence operations or something. You know, it's it's almost amazing. It's it's almost like uh, the reason they went after us may have been because they didn't want us making things tricky for them. Ah, oh, huh. I wonder. That's no. It couldn't be that. That's that's no. That's well, too, it's, it's we're in we're in the we're in the fa we're in the famous uh, conspiracy theory to reality cycle where remember stage one is flat denial. It's not happening. Stage two is. That's a right-wing conspiracy theory. Stage three is it might be happening, right? It's so over, right? We're right about there now. And stage four is, of course, it's happening, and it's a good it's a thing good that thing. it's happening. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the funny thing. We're between three and four because they right. want it to be a good thing, but it's too obvious now. So they're, you know, I think they're going to be on some time delay. They'll probably, you know, push it back a few months and have this thing you know, this like Super Bowl sort of time subside. And it, it is going to be a wild week, though, because, you know, the, the game does seem, on t I think part of what's driving this is obviously the fact that she's been rolled out for Obama, that she was rolled out for Biden, the fact that they've done all this empirical scientific research on her ability to 
move swing states with all with with uh, the huge get out the vote campaigns that she does and the uh, likelihood of people voting how she tells them to vote. But then on top of that, you have all the the institutional uh, armada around her. Harvard University is teaching a Taylor Swift course, giving Harvard students full credit for taking it. Uh, Arizona State University. You have the head of the European Union coming out and asking Taylor Swift to do similar get out the vote campaigns for Macron in France. I mean, you, you have this whole sort of statecraft angle. In fact, even you know, the White House visit uh, to, to Biden was done by Scooter Braun. Scooter Braun was, you know, he's the one who bought Taylor Swift's records. Uh, and his money for that was put up by the by the Carlisle Group, who got the equity uh, in, uh, investment in that as, in his company as a portfolio company. And who did Joe Biden spend Thanksgiving dinner with this year in 2023 in Nantucket at the at the home of the billionaire founder of the Carlisle Group? So it's a big tangled web and the full the sort of full press surround sound protecting Taylor. I think the problem is, is it was so loud that it made it impossible for even normal civilians to ignore. So they start being like, well, what's going on here? And uh, you know now it's 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 basically revealed in their own autopsy of what happened uh, that that we were right all along. Well, and so so walk me through some of this because I, you do actually and, and people say how are you gonna how, wait wait aren't you guys supposed to be talking about the border bill and Biden and all of them why are you talking about Taylor Swift because it's it's we're talking about the machine okay we're talking about the machine the uniparty it's not even about taylor swift as a person right and i've, I've said that number you, you're playing taylor swift music on your uh on uh on, on piano on your timeline like every day um that yeah we don't have an issue with her at all the point is the machine and how the machine wants to use taylor swift as we have stated a million times and now the washington post is out there saying it as well and so the point is this is the same machine right now and and this bill that's come out of Washington, it's a massive grift, a money glut for the regime. In fact, this bill has not, has precious little to do with the border itself. It's $60 billion for Ukraine. I think that's the real money mark here. Uh, about $14 billion for Israel. Paltry $14 billion for Israel. And then $20 billion for us. And so it's a classic example to me of them seeing something uh, that's that's obviously very important to the United States and very important to our uh, our citizens. This the border and the fact that it's completely out of uh, <laughs> completely out of control, a crisis that they've created of their own doing, and yet they're throwing the sixty billion in Ukraine on top of it because they know how disastrous that entire issue has come. Walk me through the the people who are going to be making money if this bill goes through. Yeah, I mean, so and I do think just to tie that together, you know, both the Taylor Swift and the and the southern border issue sort of get to issues of concerns around the process for the 2024 election. And here in the in the border situation, you have, you know, you have the potential rigging of the electorate. You know, every, every this huge influx of illegal uh, migrants changes are, you know, it, it forces this redistricting that favors states that take in the uh, the illegal migrants. There's a lot of concerns about potential election fraud, given that there is no check on citizenship for votes. And you, it would be very easy to run a ballot harvesting uh, a ballot harvesting operation using the same NGOs that basically traffic the migrants in here. If they happen to be of a certain political orientation, 
And we all know what political orientation they have since they're the ones affiliated with open borders. Um, it's, it's a straight line to election fraud uh, if, if they simply decide to do it. And, you know, the other part of this is it came out earlier this week that the same institutions we're talking about with the Taylor Swift situation with the State Department and, you know, her sort of utility as an instrument of statecraft. There's a similar story here with the southern border. It came out earlier this week from the Center for Immigration Studies that the U.S. State Department's Bureau of Population, Migration and, and, uh, and Refugees, uh, PRM, it, together with USAID, have provided $1.4 billion in just the past 12 months to provide cash debit cards to migrants who are along the migrant trail uh, from, from the northern part of South, South America through Latin America into Mexico. That is a $1.4 billion cash uh, dis distribution to illegal immigrants so that they can have a more comfortable time uh, making their illegal immigrant journey. So this is this is sponsored by the State Department. And, you know, we know that the way they're trying to tilt the election is away from a, uh, a populist groups who are trying to put domestic priorities before foreign policy. So it's a self-licking ice cream cone and not a particularly uh, happily flavored one. Well, precisely. So they're going through, by the way, did you say happily flavored? No, <laughs> I was going to say something a lot meaner, but it I happens, just... man. It happens, man. I do it too. Um, no, no, no. So these, these groups, right? These groups that are targeting a lot of this, by the way, this infrastructure, we should really call it the, the NGO archipelago, because this ties in with a very simple, similar system to way the way that the disinformation sphere was set up as well, where they're where they're outside of government. These are government cutout groups used to run left wing operations that are set up without the oversight of direct government involvement, but they receive government money. And again, all of this was being done when during Obama's second term. Mike Benz is our guest. We're going to dig deep into the guts of this bill, follow the money, who's getting paid and who's losing. Amnesty bill ahead of the election of 2024. So you talk about influencers. These are influencers and uh, they're friends of mine. Jack Rusovic. Where's Jack? Jack. He's done a great job. All right, Jack, we're so back live, Human Events Daily. We are going to kill the bill here in Washington, D.C. I want to tell you, though, the world is in flames. Bidenomics, a complete and total disaster. But it cannot and it will not ruin my day. And why is that? Because I start every day with a hot America First cup of blackout coffee. This coffee is 100% Americana, blackout coffee, 100% committed to conservative values. The way they source the beans, their roasting process, their customer support, actual real customer support, by the way. Uh, the shipping, they embody true American values. They accept no compromise on taste or quality. When Tanya Tay makes this stuff every morning, I know it's going to be a great day. So go to blackoutcoffee.com slash POSO and use promo code POSO20 for 20% off your first order. Check out all the selection you can see on there. There's gear, there's different gifts, whatever you got. Blackoutcoffee.com slash POSO. Be awake, not woke. That's blackoutcoffee.com slash POSO. Promo code POSO20. Okay, breaking news. I have just been passed by a, all right, let's just say high-level Senate source, a, a current whip count of no votes for
for this bill. And of course, it should be many more. Uh, this is going to be on the Republican side, of course. So let's go through alphabetical order. Blackburn, Braun, Britt, Bud, Cotton, Cruz, Danes, Haggerty, Hawley, Johnson, Lee, Marshall, Paul, Rich, Rubio, Schmidt, Rick Scott, Tommy Tuberville, and of course, J.D. Vance again. So that's 19 Republican Senate votes that we can count as against this bill. Again, passed to me by a high-level Senate source, and it, it really should be 100%. But Ben, let me ask you this question, though, because people are saying, oh, and by, and by the way, I, I'll throw out as well that Nikki Haley yesterday, and this is this all ties together, yesterday on CNN, Nikki Haley said essentially that we shouldn't play politics with the border, and she backed the compromise bill. So Nikki Haley, before the text was released late last night, she was on CNN with Dana Bass bash saying that she supported the compromise bill well nikki haley are you going to pull your support for the bill because as it stands you support this bill walk me through this benz why are there south carolina excuse me as far as i could tell not exactly a, a liberal you know centrist kind of state that's a pretty rock rib red state south carolina uh oklahoma where langford's from that's a super red state i don't think democrats can win a single county in oklahoma even kentucky the same state that gives us Rand paul the great Rand paul also gives us mitch mcconnell who's really this Bengali behind this bill so why is it that we've got Republicans from the reddest of the red states that are going in for something like this? Yes. So this is something you and I have talked about many times before, which is this concept of the blob, you know, the foreign policy establishment and its donors and drafters in the corporate and financial spheres. And the Republican Party, really until Trump came along, from Truman until Trump, the, uh, the, the, the main power center of the Republican Party has been this uh, this military and energy nexus, as well as the the Chamber of Commerce representing all of our major blue chip multinational companies, who have overwhelmingly tended to be Republican backers uh, and conservative because of their preferences for low taxes and for uh, for for other uh, other free market uh, type ideals. That tend to be opposed by the left and so the chamber of commerce tends to be uh, a big power center of the republican party but they abandoned the trump wing of the republican party the chamber of commerce went to war with trump because of trump's uh global uh, is is international policies his foreign policy uh, because all our major U u.s national champions are all major players on the world stage and rely on markets abroad and supply chains abroad and are often intricately interwoven into our regime change operations and, and rely on the State Department or the Pentagon or the CIA to rig the political architecture of other countries to ensure favorable operating um, uh, jurisdictions. The Chamber of Commerce is uh, I consider these Republicans who are voting for this border bill to be to be doing that for for big business. And, you know, it, Bernie Sanders famously said when he did the the 2016 campaign, when he was competing in the primary against Hillary Clinton, he was asked his his uh, philosophy on immigration. And he said that he was strongly against open borders because it was a, quote, Koch brothers policy. 
meaning it's the right-wing big businesses who want this mass immigration, uh, not left-wing union diehards like me, this is what Bernie Sanders was saying, because obviously uh, an influx of immigration drives down worker power, it drives down worker wages, uh, it, it pits us against ourselves. Uh, so that was a, you know, that was considered to be a, a right-wing policy. Now, of course, it's left-wing in the sense that these new immigrants tend to vote Democrat. And so you have the Democrat Party apparatus and the Republican Party's financial and corporate stakeholders in this, this strange alliance when it comes to open borders. Now, I should say the Koch brothers, uh, <laughs> the, the open borders wing of the Republican Party, came out three months ago and endorsed Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, who endorsed the bill. It's all one big, uh, one big club and we ain't in it. Now, so we, we've got the money in and, and, and this is pretty clear. And there's, there's been this huge fight. And this, is, this was really the fault line that Trump stepped on when he first ran for office all the way back going into 2015. And he changed the strategic delta, the great Rich Higgins one of the, uh, uh, the, the late great Rich Higgins, formerly of the NSC in, in Trump's uh, White House, once stated that what Trump did was change the strategic delta of attack in politics today. And you can see this in that NBC poll that I was going through, where uh, traditionally um, Republicans had been fighting about lower taxes, abortion, uh, same-sex marriage, a lot of these social issues, guns. Uh, whereas with Trump, he changed the strategic delta where because he made the tip of the spear law and order immigration borders and trade and if you look at through the nbc poll that's exactly where trump is seen as the highest among issue after issue set for all americans including by the way every age group over 35 and at parity with biden currently tied 42 percent to 42 percent with gen z biden of course a lot of people realize even the even msnbc came out on the show, same shows that are calling you and i uh nut jobs are also admitting that biden is the bottom has completely fallen out with him when it comes to gen z which gosh i mean if there were some celebrity that he could find that would help him with gen z but i digress um it would clearly be within the cards but again you need to be a strategic thinker to understand how that works so these these numbers that we're looking at it's it's absolutely it's absolutely incumbent upon him but this was the fault line that he stepped on because he didn't realize that there was this thread of republicans at the highest level that were essentially paid off because this was the deal the deal was the democrats get the voters and republican businesses republican owned businesses get the cheap labor and that's essentially the fight that's going on right now isn't it yeah and it breaks up union power as well all of these major companies sure. are uh are, are dealing with, you know, uh, the rise of union power after COVID-19. Uh, we, we watched as uh, basically Jeff Bezos got red-pilled because of a union drive to try to uh, turn, you know, to try to unionize uh, Amazon labor and uh, basically started to be mighty interested in conservatism after that. But, you know, Amazon famously published this video talking about how, um, Basically, you know, ethnic diversification of a workforce is actually really effective at union busting because it's more difficult for unions to have uh, cohesion with that with the, the more diverse the the worker set is. I mean, I consider that to be a very strange thing to be in a uh, in a blue chip multinational company's internal union busting files. 
Uh, you know, you saw Starbucks, uh, the probably you know, one of the arch symbols of of left progressive, uh, you know, neoliberal multinational capitalism. And uh, you know, Howard Schultz was 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 driven you know into into a rage and into a, a whole sort of PR crisis over the Starbucks unionization efforts. So, in addition to driving down uh, worker wages, you you also you know, block out worker power on on any number of issues related to hours, related to holidays, related to overtime, related to salary, uh, related to benefits, related to any sort of, you know protections, uh, related to pensions. All of that you know uh, is it dwindles in in linear lockstep with the amount of of migrants who come into the country and so they all have a vested interest in i mean that, that's the reason that they go you know abroad for for much of their labor is to try to simulate situations where you have these massively overcrowded markets where nobody where where there's no union power and where because these 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 markets have so many people you know to just throw at the wall for for work they uh they can be exploited so you know that there is this left hand right hand alliance that you just described on this issue and the big loser here is of course the american people who live here all right and this was something that even all the way back to 2016 uh, we played the clip last week that michael moore even pointed out he said the workers of this country understand that they're being screwed over by the big guys and they are going to go in and he specifically said the states of Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin are going to go in on election day and, and elect Donald Trump, and it will be the biggest middle finger to the establishment that these guys have ever seen. And he said, and we're, you're going to have Joe Blow and Billy Blow and Billy Bob Blow and Bob Blow are going to vote for Trump and blow up the entire system. This has been the fight since then. And, and by the way, Michael Moore was not saying this was a good thing because he was, you know, he's incredibly anti-Trump for a number of other reasons. But he understood the appeal because if you go back to his original work, Roger and me, and some of when he was actually trying to be the voice of the little guy, he actually kind of had some points about outsourcing and Flint, Michigan and everything that was going on there and what GM was doing and NAFTA and all of this. He was like a populist. And obviously, you know, he took the money and ran and we all know that story. But I'll give him props too that he he understood the connections between the Saudis and the Bushes a little bit well at the same time. Mike Benz joins us one more segment here after the break. Human Events Daily continues. I want to see you. Great job, Jack. Thank you. What a job you do. You know, we have an incredible thing. We're always talking about the fake news and the bad, but we have guys, and these are the guys that be getting Pulitzer's. We're the turning point in America. This bill is crucial, and history will look back on it and say, did America fail itself? Why is it crucial? Well, if we don't aid uh, Ukraine, Putin will be walk all over Ukraine. We will lose the war. And we could be fighting in Eastern Europe in a NATO ally in a few years. Americans won't like that. If we don't help Israel defend itself against Hamas, 
that perpetual war will go on and on and on. If we don't help humanitarian aid to the starving Palestinians in Gaza, hundreds of thousands could starve. And the border, everyone has said it's chaos. A speaker, you just saw Speaker Johnson, he said it's mm -hmm. chaos, we have to do something legislative a few months ago. But what has happened, in answer your, to que your question, so this is crucial for America. It's a turning point. History is going to look over our shoulders and say, did we rise to the occasion? Jack Pacific back live, Human Events Daily. Ben's are my are my ears are my ears, you know, infected? Do I have an ear infection? Do I have the bends? Do I what's going on here? Because it sounded to me like Chuck Schumer just said that American troops are going to fight in eastern Ukraine. A NATO ally, not a, not a NATO member, by the way. That's the head of the United States Senate saying that U.S. troops could be deployed to Ukraine to fight Russia if this bill isn't passed. Please exp make some sense of this to me. Well, you know, I think Vivek actually said it best when he was describing Nikki Haley. And he said, this is the type of woman who would send your children to die in a war just so that she could buy a bigger house. And uh, that quote applies just as much to the right-hand side of the blob with, uh, with McConnell and, and with Haley as it does with Chuck Schumer. You know, Chuck Schumer also had this very interesting quote just yesterday. He was speaking to reporters. He said, quote, I have never worked more closely with Leader McConnell on any piece of legislation as we did on this. You know, which is basically saying the two sides of the blob have never been more tightly entwined together uh, and that is basically the war and chamber of commerce side of the Republican Party and all of the Democrat Party uh, who are making this softly veiled threat to the MAGA populist wing of the Republican Party that if they try to get in the way of the um, of of robbing U.S. taxpayers to uh, to to pay for our empire and instead of having the you know instead instead of their own homeland, uh, then, you know, they, they may be shipped out to war as well. Well, and, we, and we've seen this, right? And this is something where for, for all, we're told that McConnell and Schumer are these arch enemies, these rivals, but when it really comes down to it, we're really, this is like House of, um, you know, House of Cards or Game of Thrones, where you're, you're looking at two rival houses of the noble class that are really just vying over power, but they don't actually disagree on the conduct of the country or where the coffers should be spent. It's, it's really more like whose donors are getting the money, not like should the war be going on or not. And again, uh, I'm, I'm still not seeing any way. I mean, Ukraine is in a complete disaster. Uh, Zelensky might be fire, summarily firing his entire, not just the head of the military, by the way, but now he's talking about replacing the entire heads of every single military department, uh, Russia coming in off of the heels of the, the uh, downing of this IL-76 um, transport aircraft that was carrying these POWs with a, we're told was shot down by a Patriot missile. He's talking about a massive demilitarized zone between Russia and Ukraine now. Um, does this really seem like something we should be send, sending 60 billion towards? But again, that 60 billion isn't actually just ending up all in Ukraine, is it? No, but, you know, I think what they're trying to do here is they, they know that we're losing in Ukraine, that Ukraine is already lost in that sense, and that at some point there will have to be a negotiated settlement with Russia in order to stem the bleeding. And but 
even after that agreement is reached, we will continue a kind of clandestine covert warfare assault to try to seize back the, uh, the land lost last year and to try to continue the maximum pressure campaign uh, on Russia in order to shore up the various commercial interests that go into the geopolitical intrigues around all of, of, of Eastern Europe. And so that is going to require a constant supply of tens of billions of dollars for the rest of our lifetimes. I think it's going to be, you know, it's been 70 years or so of CIA involvement in Ukraine. I think it's going to be at least another 70. I mean, it, this war didn't start in 2022. I mean, we, we started uh, we started this military incursion into eastern Ukraine after the 2014 coup and the Crimea annexation and the declaration of the breakaway states in the Donbass is when the CIA and, and, and our, our NATO allies in the UK and Canada and elsewhere all began this, you know, this uh, military support operation to help the Ukrainian army reseize the shale uh, fields in eastern Ukraine. And, and uh, Ben, were... I got to... I got to just say while we're on it, only a couple of minutes left here, but uh, this guy that they want to put in charge of the new, uh, it's it lines up with exactly what you're saying. I don't know if you looked at his background much, um, Kirillo Budanov. Uh, this guy is not a, a ground warfare expert at all. This guy comes out of the special operations world. This guy that they want to replace as the head of the military. The only reason you would put him, he was foreign, he was an intel guy, foreign intelligence services. The only reason you would put him in charge of the military is because you are preparing for a covert warfare, terrorist operations. This was the guy who was behind the Kerch Strait uh, bridge attack. This is the guy who's been behind a number of terror attacks in Russia. We know that, by the way, earlier this morning, uh, Georgian intelligence services intercepted an entire case of C4 that was being sent to uh, to a Russian city just across the border. So this this guy is straight out of Operation Gladio and the yeah. leave behind networks of the CIA. It's a perfect example of the war shifting from this a big war phase to a small war of clandestine attacks, covert operations, exactly who you'd want to put in charge if it was being outlined, as you specifically just said. That's really fascinating. I, I didn't know that, but it, it syncs up perfectly because, you know, as I see it, and I, I could be wrong about this, but as I see it, you know, the, the way our foreign policy establishment appears to be signaling is that we're losing the standing army war. And so we're going to transition into, if we can, a, a deal and then duplicity to, you know, to basically, you know, break it from every little angle and while, while, uh, while leveraging whatever economic and, and alliance assets we can uh, to then lead to a more favorable reconquest later in time. And, uh, you know, and, and, but that is going to require a constant source. That's gonna require $100 billion a year every year, it, you know, e even after that. I mean, think about this. We were not technically at war in 2019 with Ukraine, but why was Donald Trump impeached in, in 2019 with the, uh, with the Vindman Pentagon official and with Eric Ciamarello from the CIA? Well, it was over an alleged threat to withhold military aid to Ukraine. This was this is basically that. Why were we providing military aid to Ukraine? Were they, you know, were they at war with uh, with Russia then? Uh, I mean, the, I mean, obviously the answer is is sort of a, a gray area. But we're told that this thing started in 2022, not 2014. 
because obviously that makes us look horrible because it started with the U.S. State Department backing a coup of a democratically elected president. So they want to start it in 2022. But then Donald Trump was impeached three years before that over an alleged threat to withhold military funding for uh, you know a, a foreign country who's probably the, the farthest geographic point on the on the risk board uh, in the entire world from us. Well, and I would and I would say, too, as well. But, well, you know, is it is the edge of our empire in a sense. Right. And at the time, Zelensky said many times that he didn't feel influenced by President Trump. But this was before before the regime had decided to turn Zelensky into this sort of Captain America figure. And so his statements were not the pronouncements and grandiosity that they are today. It was no, 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 don't listen to that man from from Kiev. But now, of course, because the regime needs him, he's been turned into this larger than life figure. Mike Benz, where can people go to follow you, follow your work and and more importantly, support your work? Follow me on X or Twitter at Mike Ben Cyber. That's at Mike Ben Cyber, one word, and you can see my foundation's countering censorship work at foundationforfreedomonline.com. Mike Ben's leading a one-man jihad against the Central Intelligence Agency and their cutout networks in of the NGO of archipelago. Of love, of love, folks. It's not about hate. Of course it's not about hate. It's all about love, 100%, baby. Coming back, we'll break down everything else that's going on on Human Events Daily continues. Being long hours, I'm always listening to Human Events with Jack Posobiec. All right, Jack Posobiec back here live, Human Events Daily. Nikki Haley. Nikki, and it's, it's very clear to me, okay? Let me walk through this again. Nikki Haley is from South Carolina. South Carolina, one of their biggest industries, right? And certainly one of their most powerful industries is the defense lobby. This is why Nikki Haley is such a neocon. This is why Lindsey Graham is such a neocon. And this is why, by the way, I just gotta say it, and this may not be popular, this is why Tim Scott is a neocon. Yes, Tim Scott is absolutely a neocon, and people say, whoa, 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 Tim Scott, was be he's, been, he's been so nice to Trump, and he's been defending him, and he's been supporting him, and you know he dropped out and all of this. Look, I get it, sure, fine. But I call him like I see him. And Tim Scott is a guy who went up to that Iowa family forum with Tucker Carlson and said that he was fully on board with the spending to Ukraine, fully on board with the war, fully on board with all of these things, and was saying we needed to fight for freedom. And that in order to fight for freedom, we had to continue on with this war, continue on. And he's, it, it would surprise me, it would surprise me if he were not looking for a way to get out of this bill, and let me, let me pull up that list again. Let me pull up that list again. Yeah. Yeah, so remember, when I got to the S's on that bill, when I said Scott, I said Rick Scott. And I'm going to look at the bill again, look at that list again. List of 19 names, Tim Scott's name, not on it. Rick Scott was on it, but not Tim Scott. So Rick Scott against the bill. Tim Scott, oh, interesting not against the bill. So let me ask you a question, Tim Scott. Are you for this bill? Are you going to be supporting this bill, Tim Scott? Maybe everyone listening within the sound of my voice who lives in South Carolina, or I don't know, if you like South Carolina, maybe you like Charleston. Charleston's a great town, wonderful town, a lot of history, pirate history. Gosh darn, I, I love Charleston so much. If you're a fan of Charleston like me, those, those beautiful pastel buildings in the downtown, why don't you go and give Tim Scott's office a call and say, Senator Tim Scott, do you support this bill? Do you support 
remember, peacefully and patriotically, whenever we call, peacefully and patriotically. But ask Tim very, very carefully, do you support this bill? Mr. We understand you want to be the vice president. You want to be Trump's VP because you know, and Trump said this on air yesterday. So when Trump went on air with Maria Bartiromo, he said that his VP pick would be someone that he, because think about it, what's a vice president, all right? In lieu of the president, that's where the word lieutenant comes from. Someone who can stand in place of. Trump understood that the next president could be his vice president and very well understands, by the way, that if something were to happen to him, whether it be the deep state or other, that that vice president would become president. And so he's taking this very seriously. So if Tim Scott is going to be the vice president, who and, and let's face it, anyone who's Trump's, pre, Trump's VP pick, because Trump's term limited to one term in office, what does this mean? This means that whoever gets that choice is then set up for a massive springboard to not only the front of, you know, basically the heir of the MAGA movement, but essentially the front runner for 2028 and 2032. So eight more years in office. And we've seen this before, by the way. Uh, many, many vice presidents. This is what George H.W. Bush did under Reagan. Um, Nixon, of course, was Eisenhower's VP. So we've seen many vice presidents go on to become president. There's a lot of historic precedent here. So the real question is, if Tim Scott or any of these senators want to be Trump's VP, are you for this? Are you for it or are you getting it? And if you're going to be against it, you need to explain why. You need to explain that you are MAGA, that you're on the side of the American people. And I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just going to say it, guys. I'm just going to say it. Tim Scott, he don't seem like the guy. He don't seem like the guy because if he's not out full-throated against this, then you know what? You're not the guy because you're too close to the defense industry. You're too bought and sold by these guys. And I'm sorry, I'm, I just can't trust you. Even if, oh, I'm a nice guy. They're all nice guys, okay? They're all nice guys. This is about our children. This is about our legacy. This is about our country. This is about the civilization that has been bequeathed to us, okay? We have the United States of America. We have Western civilization. Are we gonna be good stewards of it? Are we gonna take care of it and pass it on? Or are we gonna be fat and happy, chasing our dreams, running around, doing whatever, saying nothing, none of this matters? Do we wanna colonize the stars? Do we wanna put people on the moon, put people on Mars? We can do all of that. We can do all, we can even fix our cities. We can do all of these things, but only if we get our crap together. And if you're not going to get your crap together, if you're allowing a massive invasion on the southern border, doing nothing to stop it. By the way, here's what they should do. Here's what Mike Johnson, Speaker Johnson, who says that this bill is DOA, great, love it. You know what you need to do in the House? Unplug completely. Just leave. Literally just walk out of the House, leave. Everyone should hop on aircraft. And you know what you should do? You should fly down to the border. You should fly down, Mike Johnson, I'm saying this to you right now, Speaker. Speaker Johnson and all of the House leadership should head right down to Eagle Pass, Texas and say, Biden, President Biden and Chuck Schumer, if you want to come down and you want to have a discussion about the border and what we should do down here, then you come and meet me at Eagle Pass. Meet me at Eagle Pass at high noon. 
And there we'll discuss the border and discuss the fact that the president of the United States has statutory authority to shut down the border on his own unilaterally. You do not need a bill. You do not need this massive money grab for the defense contractors and the lords of easy money and Wall Street and Israel and Ukraine and all of this other stuff. That's what it's about, the defense contractors and the NGO archipelago. That's what it's for. Okay, and all these religious organizations, the evangelicals, the Catholic charities, all of it, they use these fake religious organization front names as a way to get you to support them and get people who are devoutly religious giving money to these groups and then also accepting money from the government. All this was set up under Obama, by the way. All of this was set up this way because they knew they couldn't get it done through government. Remember what Obama was a community organizer. What does that mean? That means NGOs. That means money in the, that means groups that are quote unquote in the community receiving money from the government. Michelle Malkin wrote a fantastic book about this. Uh, please go and read Michelle Malkin's book, Open Borders Inc. That explains all of it. It's got the money. It's got all the receipts. But at the end of the day, folks, our job here is very simple. If you want to save America, you must kill the bill. You must call your senators immediately. If you are not on that list, then you must call your senator right now and ask them why not. You ask them, are you a traitor or are you a patriot? It's as simple as that. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission.